0: We are back with another episode of The Academics Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning into the show. Today, I am speaking with Anthony Williams. Anthony is a brand executive at the legendary Wieden & Kennedy Portland office. Anthony and I discuss his academic journey, how he broke into the industry, and we even dive into some diversity and inclusion stuff. This is a really dope episode, so let's not waste any more time. Let's jump straight into it. Here it is, Anthony Williams. Enjoy. what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of the academics podcast super excited about our guest today today i'm sitting down with anthony williams anthony thank you for taking the time to chat welcome to the show awesome man appreciate the opportunity so anthony you are currently a brand executive at wyden and kennedy let's start with what exactly is a brand executive
1: for sure for sure uh, brand executive. It's kind of like the glorified project manager for the team. Um, it's really in a way, I've always looked at it as the point guard or quarterback or you know, if you're talking in music sense, the uh, maestro or the orchestrator for the, for the production, whatever. So have you, you're really just overseeing everything from top to bottom, uh, creative, client, production, legal uh traffic managing like timelines budgets like you're really overseeing every single part of the project um essentially it's an account manager uh but you are in in so many ways being a part of so many different facets of the project um i was always told that you know a good or a strong account manager or brand executive is someone who who knows everybody's position like front to back cuz you kind of do you really need to have your eyes across the entire board uh, but basically, we're the ones who are handling all the communication internally and externally, externally being with the client, internally being with all the different departments and uh, teams inside the agency.
0: Definitely. And one thing that I'll throw in is correct me if I'm wrong, but a brand executive is very similar to what um, like a account executive, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They, um, It's basically all, all the same titles. Okay. But we just call them a brand executive, specifically uh, Widen. But yeah, they're all the same.
0: Got you, got you. So, so prior to this current position as a brand executive, you began your career as an intern with Whiten. Um, you know, what was that experience like going through their their internship program?
1: For sure, man, it was awesome. Oh, definitely one of the most hardcore internships I've ever been a part of uh, because they don't treat you like an intern. You come in, I think maybe day two, day three. I was already leading client calls, and I was being asked to deliver assets to you know final delivery and this, that, and the third. So it was a it was a great experience and great exposure. It really teaches you the fundamentals uh, of advertising kind of like the widened way, because they do certainly have their own way of working. Um but I love that I was really immersed in the work. I wasn't doing typical, ordinary intern stuff. Again, I was already managing client expectations and managing kind of budgets and timelines uh, for quick turnaround projects, cons- kind of some long term projects, even some new business that we had coming in the door. I had the opportunity to work on. It was pretty awesome.
0: What was the, what was the process like? Um, you know, I know you're from Chicago. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, but going from a student and applying for this job, like what was the process of application, interview,
1: uh, moving? For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, they definitely give, you know, the application process opens up. I want to say maybe like early spring because summer residency is usually again for like that June to, let's say, August period. Um, so it opened up. But luckily, I had been a part of a program called the Marcus Grant Project, which I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about. But uh, we actually had a a part of the Marcus Graham Project. I was actually able to be at Wyden for about a week kind of like the summer boot camp, really intense workshop. Um, and I was able to build off a lot of connections that I had made at Widen during the MGB program. So when it was time for me to graduate, I stayed on top of those connections, kind of hitting people up, following up with them. And when the summer intern residency program opened up, I obviously applied and you know tried to do all I could you know the formal process but I made sure to like hit up my connections that I made at Widen and let them know I'm interested and how can I be a part of this team whatever so have you and you know you still go through the typical interview process uh, but I think it really helped and I was able to leverage those connections I already had so when I walked into these interviews with folks already at Widen they're like hey I've heard about you from so-and-so and and I can talk about hey I have even had a Chances to be at Wyden for like a whole week a part of this like summer boot camp workshop. which gave me a lot of insight into, you know, the history and knowledge of Wyden, uh, which I was able to bring to that interview and it helped a lot. Um, Transitioning from Chicago to Portland was huge. It was crazy, man. It's certainly a culture shift. For any of you who've been to Portland, you know, uh, it's almost like they're on their own little world out there. Like, I don't know what it is. It's almost like a utopia sense, man. But it's, it's a beautiful place, especially if you love like the Oregon coast, uh, if you're into the outside and nature, and it's Oregon is a beautiful place to explore, man. A culture shift for sure, but I have certainly enjoyed my time. Good to hear
0: that. Good to hear that. Uh, so, like prior to you getting into this industry, like I can, I mean, I can speak from my perspective and, and people that I've spoken to. It's like Wyden is looked at as one of those those career goal agencies to be at. Like, did you have any idea where you were going at the time, and like the caliber of w- the quality of work that they that they produce?
1: Not until I stepped foot in the door, man. I <laughs> like I did. I had I had very little insight, I think, into advertising industries. Um, you certainly knew about though the iconic pieces of work that came from Wyden, whether it was Old Spice or uh, KFC, but definitely uh, Nike, the iconic Nike work that we've seen from uh, Kobe to LeBron to Serena and everybody top down, um, even from the '90s early 2000s work. Uh, with Penny and just stuff, pieces of work that you know you've seen on, um, whether it was NBA or you've seen, you know, across, you know, internet or on TV and commercials, whatever so have you, man, that that speaks for itself. And then once we actually stepped into the building, you saw all the Nike-like work. They had it hanging on the wall. They had it in, you know, cases, posters. Um, I just knew from then on. I was like oh yeah this is this is the place to be and I knew specifically I was like I want to be on this account because I want to be a part of this work I mean it's Nike you know it's synonymous with elite athleticism but sports but also culture you know who who wasn't rocking Nike shoes you know all their childhood at least for me um that's what I knew I wanted to be part of especially that culture and that sneaker culture but being able to kind of be part of that work that creates these stories and these narratives um about aspirational and about you know it's not traditional advertising, you know, we're not selling a product here. We're kind of more of like selling dreams and selling stories and selling inspiration. And it just hits you in a certain way, man. Uh, uh I knew again from then on, I was like, I, if I'm gonna start my career in advertising, there's only one place I want to be on and one account I want to be on, and one place I want to be at, and that was why I did. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So a little bit earlier you mentioned the Marcus Graham project, and that's definitely something that I, I kind of want to dive into. So I think you're actually my first guest, if I'm not mistaken, that was a part of the Marcus Graham Project. Um, So for those who are unfamiliar, can you talk a little bit about um, what what it is and and what your experience was in that program?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Marcus Graham Project was founded by uh, two incredible mentors and leaders, um, pioneers, honestly, in the industry, Lincoln Stevens and Larry Urell. um, Founded Marcus Graham Project, at least now, we're going on probably, what, 15 years, 2007. So in that time, the uh, program that really was focused for black and brown students who are looking to get into the advertising industry and learn the ins and outs. Again, for those who maybe don't necessarily have that exposure in school or out of school or so have you, Marcus grand Project was an incredible opportunity to really like get elbows deep in the work to, again, that boot camp, they take that bootcamp where it's a heart. Like you're getting real briefs from real clients and expected to deliver, you know, real work. Um, my opportunity, I was able to be part of the Marcus Grant project was the summer of 2017 in my class, which was called Connection. Uh, we worked with Apple, we worked with Fossil, we even worked on a special project with Hill Harper. And that experience from then on, man, gave me, I feel like, the Complete foundation that I needed to step into advertising and especially step into Widen because we did get real briefs. Like we had a 72 hour turnaround brief from Travel Portland, which actually was, you know, the Widen client and being able to just be immersed in that environment um, with the inspiration of Widen, but also the fundamentals of Marcus Grant project was incredible. Like I highly recommend it for any of you out there who are interested in getting, um, I'll say a non traditional. Definitely like the premier internship program is for sure Marcus Grant Project. Um, it's grown to become such a pipeline for talent across the industry. People have gone on at Apple Beats. I mean, CMOs, uh, directors, head founders of corporations, like just the pipeline of talent, the alumni collective is just um it speaks to the level of the alumni collective speaks to the level of work and speaks to kind of like the the dynamic of the program and how amazing it is
0: yeah yeah so for the person listening who's now first hearing about the marcus graham project like what how can one um apply for this
1: for sure for sure marcus graham project originally i believe it was only like a summer you know uh boot camp workshop they call it their i create summer boot camp but now they have like all different types of programs so it's the fall it's the summer it's the spring it's the winter so like i would my biggest recommendation would be to go to their instagram um mgp mgp project but as well as Marcus grand project and type that in google wherever you are that's going to lead you right to it uh, applications, I feel like, again, are always open. If not for the summer program, definitely look for the spring or look for the fall or the winter program. And now they're expanding. It used to just be in like Texas or in one place. Now they've expanded to LA, to San Francisco, Detroit. There's- um, summer workshops popping up all over and that speaks to the strength of the alumni network because you take alumni who've gone to the program they've been within the marcus graham you know pipeline and now they've taken that same energy and making sure that they're you know uh you know i guess reaching back in their own way and making sure that like their programs or their companies are um kind of serving as like a, a, a you know supporter and a foundational support for marcus graham projects. so that's why it's really beautiful to see how they're popping up everywhere now
0: yeah, th- this is one of those programs that I really, really wish I knew about uh, when I was trying to get into the industry because I had to do it
1: mm-hmm.
0: the tough way, which was just solo and alone. And I'm still learning about a lot of dope programs and pipelines to, to, to get exposure and, and network sure. in this industry. I will and, say
1: this. You don't have to. Uh you don't have to be only a student. You don't have to be a certain age to be in the Marcus Grant Project. So for those of you who maybe have never even stepped foot into advertising, for those of you who maybe like, in a, some type of career and in industry and you feel like you're interested in making that move, we have all ages, all types of people. Obviously, you have to be at least over, like, 21. Um, but, man, please believe, like, we've had ages. I've seen students come in all ages, all backgrounds. It's just, it's... It's kind of like because the strength of the name of the program and how uh, amazing it's been and how you know foundational has been for so many people. You know, it, it doesn't matter where you are, or where you're at in your career, or what you're doing, if you're interested, I definitely highly, highly recommend starting off with the Marcus Grant project.
0: So I actually want to speak about another group that you're associated with. Um, I know that you were actually in Ad Color Futures 2020. So um, can you explain what ad color is and, and what it means to be an ad color future?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Ad color is another incredible program that that has been around for quite some time, start, started by Tiffany Warren. Um, allowing just the industry to really take notice, I think, of the the black and brown and the five talent that we have. Um, I'm sure you know in the early stages, I wasn't obviously a part of it in the early stages, but they probably started off you know very small and have grown to be the the level that ad color is now. Um, it's been a program kind of almost like Marcus Grant project where I heard, you know, other alumni going through it, and I've seen so many people, you know, before me, a part of Ad Color, mention Ad Color and kind of just the benefit it did for them, uh, professionally, um, but also even personally and kind of their individual development and just the strength amount of network that it's grown to be. Um, Ad Color is certainly Again, one of those premier programs that for those who are looking to be a part of an industry where, you know, sometimes it always doesn't look or feel like us. Me being a, a young black man, I, I knew stepping in, there wasn't too many of us in there. There was a space that we maybe we're still carving, but Ad Color has certainly been one of those pioneers in the industry to give like, that exposure, give that experience, build that network and that time and really develop that young talent to be, go on and lead, you know, in various assets across the industry. Um, if you just look at even our our last ad color conference, ad color futures, I was able to be part of last year. Like we, it was virtual given the pandemic and all this, that, but it was our turnout for like our hackathon, which is kind of this time where you're presenting to, you know, you get an industry brief and you're kind of working with the team on a very quick brief as well. Like that, just the numbers for the turnout was incredible. And that speaks to how in- amazing AdColor has grown over the years. Um, the Ad Color Futures program is for that young talent, again, for those who are kind of like just getting started and trying to get their footing, um, extremely developmental. I-, I was able to chat with so many Prominent folks in the industry, and, and and just get like real. It was almost like three, four, five days, of nothing but workshops and just listening to so many gems being dropped. You, you know, you be working with a team and also working with a whole bunch of other ad color futures. All of you are kind of in the same place in your career, starting out, and I think that's what's beautiful about it is that now you building this family and this bond, and you, that sticks with you certainly for life. Um, I've talked to a lot of my ad color futures. Shout out to the class of twenty twenty. We talk in our group chat. Every day, um, everyone's always moving on to new opportunities and going and connecting and building. It's it's certainly that that network that has been incredibly beneficial just to my own growth, but also to many people's career and growth.
0: You know, one of the reasons I'm, I was I'm super excited to to speak with you today was because just looking at your resume and knowing that you had so much experience with with resources and programs like Ad Color and Marcus Graham, I think a lot of times um, as a student you're so focused on your GPA. And you know, these class assignments and things like that. And a lot of times people don't think about the, the networking aspect. You know, I would love for you to talk a little bit about how how being a part of these extracurricular activities outside of the your your um, northern Illinois degree, like the things you did outside of school, you know, how how important and pivotal have those been in your career? Oh
1: man, they they're the reason I'm here today. That's that's a fact. It's not really about it is about so certainly what you know, but let's be clear. It's about who you know and who knows you. That's probably the biggest thing I want to stress, especially is that networking aspect. It's not always about what you know, but more of who you know and who knows you, who can speak for you, who can vouch for you, even when you're not in the room, who can speak your name up and recommend you and connect you to this industry or connect you to this person or connect you to this network or opportunity, whatever. So have you. And that's not even just always networking above something that's always networking across, you know, um, the beautiful thing about all these programs I've been a part of is you build these bonds, these connections. And yeah, you meet so many people, you connect with so many people and not everyone you're going to talk to all the time every day, but at least if you're creating that genuine connection and you build those along the way, man, I, I, it's, it's, it's practically like, it doesn't compare to the in the school knowledge and the book knowledge that I've gotten at Northern Illinois University or or what you can get you know even on the job it's that networking and the growth growing with people like-minded people um across the board is, is really I think the beauty of this industry but also really how you find you know everybody has the definitions their own definitions of success but I think success really comes when you have that network and you have people to rely on it Uh, talk to and connect and grow with man it's it's such a collaborative industry that the more you know you know the more people you know the better i think the 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 biggest thing to focus on that is making sure that those those connections are genuine you you guys are building together you know you, you scratch my back i scratch your back but like you know i have some networks that we send each other all types of articles and we have our group chats um in ad color. We're always sending each other like industry news or we're always like cheering each other on and sending new opportunities. But like for MGP, maybe we're, you know, we catch up every now and then just checking on everybody or trying to meet up. Like it just goes to show that you have different pockets to tap into. And even for some people that you may not speak to for quite some time and others, you may speak to every other week. It's still always good to make sure you build that genuine connection. Man.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So, Let's rewind a little bit to your role as a brand executive, because I know this is a very popular you know, department and, and role that a lot of people go into initially uh, when they get into advertising. So for the person who is looking to get into the brand side of things uh, within the agency, what do you feel are some very necessary qualities that, that someone needs to have to, to be successful in your role?
1: I will start off by saying that you certainly don't need to have an advertising background. People come from all over. I don't care what you're part of, what you're into. Not everyone wakes up saying, I want to be in advertising. I want to be in a comment. Like, no. Maybe some do, but it doesn't. It Trust me, it doesn't work that way for the majority of folks. And especially, I think the beauty of Widen is they have taken a collective and a host of folks from all different types of backgrounds. So for any of you, though, that are interested um, and maybe are already on that track, I will say uh, communication is key. Communication is key because you're all, all you're doing all day really is communicating. Again, you're communicating with your clients and any external partners or any talent, whatever so have you, but also the internal, your creatives, um, your creatives, creatives, then you know, your producers, you got your legal teams, like you've got um, so many facets and departments that you're speaking with on a daily basis. Communication is key uh, and that can be developed anywhere. That doesn't necessarily have to come from, a corporate communications degree that can come just just natural you know growth and development finding ways or clubs or whatever you know other extracurricular activities you're a part of communication is key i think also you know having a sense of project management you know we we in, in every job or every career there's always timelines always budgets and things like that but like having a good sense of being able to look ahead and in that forecast or you know being able to know like all right this is coming down the pipeline maybe let me set things in place now um and being proactive so that when that moment comes when that brief comes when that deadline comes you know we're already getting things situated in place I think that's something even I'm continuing to learn in my you know, uh, experience here at Widen. It's just like having that ability of, uh, of foresight and knowing what's coming or knowing how to plan ahead. I would also say maybe for what the last one, you know, industry knowledge is always good. Industry knowledge is always good because you want to be able to stay on top of of trends and, and and what's moving. I mean, we know we move at such a crazy rapid pace in the industry, but also, you know, technology in our world and culture and as we see every day, All types of stuff unfold. So, yeah, definitely staying on top of industry knowledge is key and it's critical. But I think also, which is even the most important part, is being able to develop like your own POV, your own point of view and having that kind of strategic thinking and that positioning. Um, One thing I think I learned a lot, especially as part of my career, is that, you know, you're here for a reason and you're there to provide value to the team. You know, you can have all the book knowledge you want, but if you can not develop your own POV and be able to provide your own two cents and your own strategic and concrete critical thinking into these conversations, you know, you kind of just just taking up space. And I guess what really will bring you value to the team is your own sense of value. And that comes from just living in the world, what you're interested in, what you read, what you check out, what you listen to, uh, whether that's books, whether that's podcasts, whether that's music um, what you engage with, you know, what sports you're interested in or what activities you're a part of, like that own, you know, knowledge that you bring of who you are and what you're interested in is, is what makes, I think a great account manager, because you bring all that knowledge to the account, to the brief, to the project, and you try to provide as much insight as you can. No, it may not always be relevant, but I think the, the best ones always kind of find ties to, you know, um, or some type of like common thread between the two facets.
0: So two part question here. What would you say is your favorite part of your job, and what would you say is like the most difficult?
1: (laughs) I'll say the the best part of the job is definitely probably just producing the work. Like there's no better feeling than coming out of a client meeting and like, yep, let's do it. Let's 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 make it. Let's produce it. You know, Um, especially being able to work on Nike. You know with the athletes roster that we have and the projects and the moments and, you know, being immersed in sport. Again, I love sports and I've always been paying attention to it all my life, but now to be able to cultivate stories and 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 uh, work with athletes and and kind of Nike's always wanted to be in the voice of the athletes. So structuring projects that would be in their voice. And, you know, that has its perks, obviously being able to talk to athletes and sit down and get to connect with those. Athletes. Probably, you know, the average person probably would not be able to, Um, I I think the producing of the work is probably my favorite part. I do love the film aspect of it. Um, and I'll say the most challenging part is just, again, come with working with so many different departments. It's just managing, um, you're, you're managing so much on a day-to-day and I think sometimes we think about, you know, I have to be a manager or I have to have someone underneath me and I'm telling them what to do and how to go about it and I'm giving them mentorship You can be managing even people who have been in the industry long before you. Um, Again, you come in with a new, your own POV, your own perspective and your own thinking. So, and you probably your own industry knowledge about other stuff. You know, I I have to explain so many things about like, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, like, uh, you know, you just never know. So that, that managing aspect, I'll say is the most challenging. I want to say it's difficult, but it's a big part of the job of being able to manage, you know stuff on the BA and the legal side but also handling the same things production side like we want to get this done but we only have maybe this amount of money and the creators want it this way but of course legal is like oh you can't really do that so it's 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 one huge puzzle and i think the most challenging is trying to figure out how to make that puzzle at the end of the day without burnout um <laughs> but that's that's it, it kind of also makes for like a fun and when you have a great team i've been blessed to work with some Incredible teams like across the board, um, internal and external like amazing clients as well, when you have like a real solid team in place, those puzzles man feel like feel like fun fun just times I don't know it's a fun puzzle <laughs> <But> whatever <laughs> a fun puzzle is is what is what it, having a solid team feels like,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely so um one thing that I know we have in common is our experience uh, in this advertising industry as, as minorities, even more specifically, just as, as, as black men, we, we both got our foot into the industry before the events of last year, before the George Floyd and all of the social incidents of, of, of last year. Um, so, you know, we got a taste of things before that and during it. And now we're living in the aftermath or actually we're probably still in the midst of it. But mm-hmm. my question is, you know, because of the events last year, and we saw the industry as a collective make a bunch of pledges and do all these donations and do a lot of talking last year, are you optimistic that things will actually change, or do you think it's it's you know more of the same?
1: Yeah, no, a great question. It's a it's a great question. Like you said, we've had that experience kind of before the Black Lives Matter wave took place. So we've kind of already been in the industry, but now we're in the thick of it, and then as well as you know the aftermath. I think. One thing, because as you mentioned, us being black men, this is kind of nothing new to us, you know? Like, this isn't really new to us. I think it's new to the industry and it's new to the world because I feel like the incidents of Breonna Taylor and, you know, our, our George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery literally finally like pulled the, pulled the cloth away from their eyes or pull the veil, whatever you want to call it, it finally, at the end of the day, like people finally woke the hell up. Um, so this is really nothing new for me to see this outpour of support and love because I feel like it's always a way. And incident happens, oh, now we gotta get all the, you know, initiatives involved and now we gotta say the right stuff and wanna push for diversity, you wanna push for inclusion. And, you know, it has its time and it has its place. I think the biggest thing is always education and education should never stop. Education should be something that's continuous educating yourself, educating others, others educating themselves. That should be something that's continuous so that when we do have uproars or incidents and tragic situations, and another unfortunate life has to be lost. It's, it's we're not repeating a pattern, it's kind of like either a we've already been taking the necessary steps to prevent it, or we already kind of have a, a thing in place and we, we, we it's kind of like green light, we're ready to go, we're activating this. Uh, you support, or we're you know, we're there on the ground or whatever. So, have you? Yes, we did see a wave of all companies, top to bottom, you know, releasing their corporate statements and giving their pledges and things like that. And again, there's a place for that. Um, but consistency is key. Those efforts and those initiatives and those pledges, you know, people are looking still to see that a year from now, um, even a year from now being 2021, I'm talking about now, even in 2022, what will those look like? Like, what's the big push for diversity and inclusion look like? Like we all know, you know, some just said it to say it. And unfortunately that's, that's just the way of the world. Um, I don't look, of these institutions for you know like saving grace man it's unfortunately it's it's the way of the world and i'm not trying to be you know negative about it but the way i look at it is like again education is key educate yourself like self-knowledge is critical so that you can are prepared and you know how to respond to these and then you're also able to filter you know what's real and what's not real and then when you get to these positions for the people who sit at the top of these companies like make it an actual concerted effort don't I know you probably have, you know, your responsibility to say what you have to say, but actually make a concerted effort to do something. And that doesn't always have to be just donating money. That can be time. That can be energy. Um, that can be programs. That can be uplifting other programs, bringing in things, you know, under your umbrella. Just any way that the support can be there. And again, that's intentional and like consistent, I think is key.
0: I agree. I agree. And one thing that I do want to touch on or get your perspective on is like, One thing that you always hear about um, from companies is is they're complaining about not being able to find black talent. Right. Or if they Mm -hmm. do find it, it's difficult to retain that talent.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So the question is, like, what is it from your experience? Like, what is it that they might be getting wrong? Or maybe the better question is, what can they do better to be more inclusive?
1: Mm. I think making sure that tapping in, this is a plug for the Marcus Grand projects and the ad colors and the mapes of the world, making sure you're tapped in. um, And I don't think you necessarily have to only be involved in advertising and marketing to be tapped into those programs. Who knows what resources, what connects and what talent, because there is, let's make it clear, there's talent out there. The talent been there. They just haven't been willing and open and receptive to discovering it, you know, looking for it, and then keeping it. Mm. So I will say there's definitely talent out there. That's key. It's tapping into those resources, tapping into these pipelines that have already been set in place, you know, um, and, and luckily they haven't, especially when we saw from the wave of last year. A lot of companies have come out, I know, especially for like Marcus Graham, and tried to show their support and come in and, you know, you know, other ways that they can be fundamental in our program. Um, I think retaining talent, that's another thing. Because once you get them in the door, you have to foster an environment to actually keep them there. Um, we're not all wired the same. So we can't expect the same process and the same activities and the same mindset and the same thinking to apply across the board for everybody. And that's not even just us as black men, like that's or black women, whatever's so heavy. That's across the board, man. No no one is the same. And that when we can't keep treating some of these places, and these industries and these companies like it's all gonna be one same you know mindset or process or way of thinking because it's not and you have to adapt you have to be able to flex and uh switch up the the process and switch up maybe how things have used to be done so that it can be uh more comfortable and it can be a better environment for new diversity of thought diversity of folks just to be in a mix man i think that's that's something that is lacking on the retention and the retaining talent part we we get them in the door cool great You know, check the box off the numbers, but are you keeping them? Are you cultivating? Are they growing? Are they being promoted? Are they taking on leadership roles? Are they, you know, heads of departments, whatever? So have you? If so, why not? What are we not changing about the environment or the culture of the the company in order to make it enable them for success? How are we setting them up for it? If we're not thinking about that growth plan once they're in the door, you can expect the same turnover in here out of here oh oh we're looking for talent oh we can't find them like no you there's the pipeline talent out there get them in the door and then actually cultivate and create an environment for them to be successful
0: preach preach um love that answer (laughs) i had to take a a breath (laughs) on that
1: no i hear you it's lost it's very lost on a lot of these places and it's unfortunate um and, and that that goes across the board no no agency, no company, no place is perfect i, I love widen and they've done a lot of great work and they they always continue the great work, but you know again, no place is perfect um and i, I think that retaining talent is critical for whatever yeah, it's yeah. Important, so
0: yeah, I agree, I agree, and I have that same you know mindset of like no no place is perfect, I think what's what's most important is to keep progressing and to mm-hmm. keep you know, keep it going, you know, but that's, that's yeah. the only thing we can do. Um, as long and as the, you're, you're moving in the right direction, um, you're, you're, you're fine.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those who are in these, you know, uh, places and spaces where you are, where you do feel like you are on your own, you know, I will say sometimes it does take a trailblazer. Sometimes it does take the pioneer to be the voice. I know we're not supposed to speak on behalf of everybody and, and one person isn't supposed to be the voice for everybody or for all, representing this specific demographic and this specific population, you know, however you identify, I will say, however, it does present an opportunity for you to be that voice. Cause maybe that place you're at has never even heard these voices before. So if you are in those, you know, place and you feel comfortable to step up or you, you're trying to find a way it's sometimes it, it's definitely going to take a, a, a bit of a muster seed of faith, um, that courage, but also a little bit of that, like, you know, tenacity and that grit to like really bite down and be like, no, things need to change. And if they don't change for me, let me at least uh, plant the seed so that it can change for the next whoever to come down this way or to come into these doors. It's not easy. It's much easier said than done. Trust me. And luckily I walked into Wyden and we have an infinity group called We Black, uh, where that, that was already set in stone where I could see people like me. And we had a, a host of, of, of Black male and female, and those who identify as, you know, however they identify, who were in the building and in the space where I could go talk to them, learn from them, grow from them. Uh, but not everybody is fortunate to have that. So sometimes it does take a little bit, again, like I said, of that grit to be the pioneer, to be the trope. Hey, by all means, do what works best for you. I
0: love that. And what I love even more about that answer is you worked in a two part quote into that. So, that was fire. Big um, facts. You caught it. <laughs> of course. Um, so earlier in this conversation, you, you talked about uh, industry knowledge and how that's a big part of your job. I'm wondering, like, what resources or what, you know, media outlets do you uh, frequent to, in order to stay up on, on industry knowledge?
1: I mean, you can't go wrong with the standard industry uh, publications, uh, ad age, ad week. Um, I really like Medium articles the medium publications i think those are always great um but it can be as simple because let's be let's be clear now them bad boys cost and not everybody can afford that and i know when i was starting out i damn sure excuse my language was not about to be paying for all these different publications you cannot go wrong though with google alerts that's free that's in your gmail for those who rock with gmail you just set up your google alerts it can be your google alert can be advertising you could have another one for marketing. So anything that's pertinent to advertising and marketing will now come in, flood your inbox with Google alerts. and y'all, You can set them up however you want them. Google should like be throwing me something because I'm plugging the hell out of them right now. But them Google alerts, I I kid you not, I even now use it to this day. All my sports, um, you know, I had love my, obviously my Bleach Report, my ESPN, but I definitely have all my Google alerts. That's how I find out my news.
0: And I'll say too, one thing that I learned is it is expensive, but ask your agency uh, or your hr department your supervisor if the agency has mm-hmm. uh logins for you guys because what i found is nine times out of ten they do um so that, that that's super beneficial when you're you can use someone else i love
1: that i love that
0: yeah you know got to figure out ways to, to, to do what you got to do
1: it's either it's, it's like college man either finesse or be finessed you got, you got to know how to work your way around it i think and that's one thing I think I've learned also in this career, like everything, not everyone, everyone's going to be always be able to teach you something. Sometimes you're you, you, you going to have to learn and learn on your own. But it's, again, closed mouths don't get fed. So,
0: Yeah, yeah. Just in, just in talking to you, um, I love your mindset and like you, I can tell that you have a lot of wisdom already early on in your career. If if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, let's say freshman year in college, what advice would you give yourself knowing everything that, that you know now?
1: Hmm. <laughs> what would I say? I think I would tell my freshman year in college one keep it up you doing what you need to be doing um, but I guess advice wise learn all that you can. I was very much so like sidle like I only focused on like music sports maybe like a pop culture in college. Again, that's what I liked. I was interested in. I wish I maybe was a little bit more interested in like podcasts or even technology or or learning about maybe that the stuff that I probably even would have never thought twice about, you know, finding out about. Again, I think that makes for just a good, well-rounded individual. When you have uh, a perspective or you have a way of thinking or you have, you know, you have a stance on, all different types of topics and so, like politics i mean I'm, I'm i'm the first person to let you know man hey i'm voting for whoever sounds right and they can vouch for them and they sound like they got a good solid plan of action and based on their experience they know what they're doing but like i couldn't get into the weeds on politics stuff like that like technology i really can get into the weeds on stuff like that um but it helps and contributes to being a well-rounded individual. So I try now even t- sometimes to go out of my way to read stuff that I probably normally wouldn't have read or check out articles or, or listen to podcasts that maybe might not always pique my uh, interest, but I can keep as uh, uh, something to check out later or at least something again, to j- just cause I'm up and so I'm up on knowledge or I'm aware. Um, I think that's critical. That's just, and that's not anything to do with advertising. That's just being a well-rounded individual
0: yeah yeah and one last question for those for anyone listening who wants to get in touch with you and speak more with you or just introduce themselves how can one find you
1: yeah facts facts um I'm always I'm I'm always on Instagram so I'm (laughs) Anthony Lewis period underscore is my name again Anthony Lewis period underscore like I'm on Instagram yes I follow back you will notice because I follow a lot more people than who follow me um, people always like, dang, you follow a whole bunch of people because I like to just, I love Instagram. Uh, but I also like to follow a lot of people. I like to, again, this is me I'm trying to just be interested in all different types of stuff. People go down my feed and be like, okay, there's all types of stuff on here because I do. Um, I think that's the beauty of Instagram. But yeah, follow me on there. Check me out. Uh, email, of course, anthony.williams at wk.com. Uh, I, I do love, just because it, Ad Color talks a lot about rising up and reaching back. Like that reaching back is is pivotal it's 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 paramount man because that's how you that's how we that's how we grow you know that's how we grow that's how we develop uh, one another and if we talk about networking across just because you know i don't i don't have to be always um i don't have to be in some senior position to know all this you know maybe where i'm at is enough um where other people are at in their place might be enough you never know we can all learn from each other so i'm always down to connect network. Chop it up with folks, um, especially chop it up with talent, because I was that kid in college on LinkedIn day and night, tapping people, researching people. Um, And that was I don't know, that gave me like a little bit of like a a high or a rush finding positions and companies that I knew I was interested in. So the sports, you know, the Nikes of the world, even the, the YouTubes of the world and the Twitters of the world and just like scouring LinkedIn to find people. Call me a nerd, whatever. But that's another way of networking. I would just drop a, drop a nice little note in their inbox. I had met some people and now grown and have developed relationships with people from cold emailing them or cold DMing them on Instagram. That are people that now are VPs at certain companies that, and shout out to, they know who I'm talking about because they had literally just, were down to chop it up. Yeah. That's how simple it can be. Yeah,
0: love that, love that.
1: Yeah.
0: So Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to chat with me. Uh, on this podcast, I'm sure the listeners got a bunch of gems out of this. Best of luck to you and everything you do in the future. I can't wait to continue to, to witness what you do and what what comes out of all this hard work and, and strategy that that you put into your career. Yeah, thank you. I
1: appreciate that. No, I appreciate you. And shout out to the academics platform, man. And for those who don't know, I I was again doing my my podcast and I, I heard about this. I saw my man Justin over here really holding it down and doing some incredible work and in these podcasts and i was like if i can drop even a small little gem my little two cents um uh, i love to do it but it's, it's this platform and it's a shout out to your work and your efforts man so you even creating this and running with it and producing it y'all so shout out to you this is awesome
0: thank, thank you
1: me. thank you thank you
0: What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Adcademics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. You can also email AdcademicsPodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.